Welcome to season two of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, we chat with athletes, coaches, and industry professionals at all levels of sport about the benefits that being involved in sport has provided them outside of just the performance side of things. I'm your host, Fiona. I've always wanted to delve deeper into the physical, social, and mental benefits being involved in sport has provided people. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you like this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. Let's get into today's episode. We are joined today by the marvellous Nigel Knighton, a fifth Dan in karate, sports teacher and father, Nige takes us on his sporting journey of how he found a passion in the sport industry and made a career of it. This is quite a close to home episode for me as I knew Nige as Mr. Knighton during my six years of high school. Nige started off as my year seven sports teacher when a very non-athletic Fiona used to forget her sports uniform or spend an hour running away from the ball. I was lucky enough to be part of a year nine self-defense class. Again, taught by Mr. Knighton, where I started to discover that sport wasn't just about the mainstream sports like football and netball. Mix that with finding my gills in the pool as Nige describes my swimming, I decided to do my Cert 4 in Sport and Rec as part of my Year 11 and 12, led by Mr. Knighton. It was not only my favourite subject during those final years, but the one I put the most time into and thus did the best at. When I look back now, If it wasn't for Nigel's welcoming and engaging attitude towards sport, I may have been one of those kids who lost interest and dropped out of this wonderful world I'm now involved in. After a little bit of market research via our Instagram and Facebook page, to keep with the shorter format of season two, this episode is going to be split into two parts. In part one of this interview, we chat about Nigel's early years and what made him passionate about not only his sport of karate, but teaching and coaching the younger generations. Let's jump on in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Knighton. Oh, I did it. I called you Mr. Knighton. <laughs> well played. Well played, Fiona. Well done. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I said I've been called much worse. <laughs> oh, dear. I can't, it's habit. When was it? It was probably... I've graduated 2013, so we're seven and a half years out. No. (laughs) That just makes me feel old. 2013. My goodness. Okay, I'll call you Nigel from now on. I'll try my best. (laughs) I can't get away with pretending I'm 25 now either, so sort of blowing that out of the water, but we're all good. 30. We'll, we'll push it up to 30. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so you have been a teacher, but you've also been involved in karate. I'm going to split this into two and ask you, what happened first? Was it karate or teaching? It was funny. They, they probably both happened about the same time. So I remember being at school growing up, playing a lot of different sports. So I was heavily into football, heavily into I'd play like rep football, rep baseball, loved cricket, uh, was out all day, every day. And I think I had 
about and it's funnily now they've got like Cobra Kai back on. I'm having flashbacks of watching like Karate Kid as a as a teenager. It doesn't make me 25 somehow. Um, <laughs> and also um, like Bruce Lee movies are just back on SBS now. So just having flashbacks of being young and going, oh, that was just something that, you know, I wanted to get involved in. And I, I played a lot of sport. And I think we don't get that as enough as much nowadays with um, some kids that we go rather than have that, you know, that big breadth of activity, people tend to, you know, work on like one particular sport and be really focused on that one sport, which I don't necessarily think is a good thing. I think it's a good it's good to have a whole variety of things because you, you get um, skills, as you well know, out of a whole lot of other sports. So all of a sudden that coordination, eye-hand coordination you get out of different sports can transfer across. So watching Ash Barty last night, having a kick at the footy, uh, playing some cricket, she, I mean, that's she, she's the classic example. So I had a lot of sport, so that was a really good grounding. But then probably in my teen years, uh, started karate. I thought this was for me. Like I needed it. I needed that outlet. I needed the training. I needed the the discipline and the focus. And I, I just loved the um, the structure of it all. And it was probably when I got I started early when I got back into the into the training seriously uh, about year twelve that I thought, geez, I. I'm passionate about people. I love sport. This is this is going to be my life. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a, a PE teacher. And so Rusden was a really thick uni become. Rusden was a, the sort of the premier PE college back then. And so studied hard, worked hard. Yeah, was lucky enough to get in. That was it. From there, I just, that, that was the start of the journey, really. And so both of them probably started about the same time. And... I got really focused on uh, the karate and sort of left the other things behind because it's pretty hard, you know, as a, as a kid to be in a lot of things and you'll find that as, as kids get a little bit older, once they get to sort of 14, 15, 16, they start to have to make decisions about, oh, do I go basketball route or do I stay with the footy or can I be getting up at 5 o'clock every morning for a swim or 4 o'clock or whatever <laughs> ridiculous hours um, those people sort of get up. So it's like you have to make a decision. And so you go, well, this is going to be my focus. So, yeah, it's 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 been good. But I'd say that was probably a, towards my later teens where I went, you know what, karate's for me. And, and also that was a, a career pathway sort of laid out. Wow. And do you think there was a specific moment or it was just a few things in those late teen years that you decided, like, this is for me? Yeah, I, I think it was in year 12 and I had to actually sit down because I was always going, I was going to be a sparky. And then I think through year 11, I wanted to be a police officer. That's what I thought. I'm going to, I'm going to. And then it was probably towards the start of year 12 and I had to sit down and work out what those things are that I'm passionate about in life. And I, I felt like a bit of an idiot doing it. Like so the careers person saying, well, you know, the whole thing, if you, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. That's, and I thought... I just don't, I don't understand. I'm going to do this or I might do that. And people telling you stuff. And I thought, well, I, I love the outdoors. I like activity. I really liked um, hiking, camping. So that was a thing like the whole outdoor end, which was me for a long time before I got into the, the coaching of coaches through sport and rec, as well know. And I just thought I would love to, to make sport a career. And I really liked the idea of teaching and people and I had I had a great a great experience at, at school. So it was a smaller school than um, the one you went to, 
and you know come up with a five-year plan and go right this is what i'm after and where where do i set that heading so uh, it wasn't like a light bulb i had to actually physically sit down and write this stuff out and then after that that was that was gold like for a lot of kids as it is for, for sport to a degree once once you set the goals it makes it so much easier to stay motivated like I, the study year 12 was i was still doing okay but it's like oh it's just hard work it's when you've got test the next day if you're not if you've got nothing to aspire to, it makes it really hard to stay motivated. So when you know, you know, you're trying to get a 40 in a subject, you, you just got to put in the, you know, you're not telling the kids, you're not going to work for free. You won't go to McDonald's and just go, yeah, there's always a, oh, I, want a I want a car. And so you, you have to have that goal. So once I had that goal, that was good. I just, I just, I worked my bum off and that gave me a focus. So that was, that was good. So I don't think I would have got there if I hadn't had that. We tend to do that a bit better now, um, certainly at our school. It's just having the, the idea of just setting a goal, setting a target, and just it helps when those when those times are, you know, dark and it's wet outside. As it was with your swimming, you go, oh, it's four o'clock and it's dark and everyone else is sleeping in. <laughs> you just you have to have a reason to get up and to keep giving it a crack, whether that's sport or school, and I'm in both, so it's like you have to have that goal. So... Yeah, it wasn't really a light bulb moment, but it's certainly once I made the decision, I'm pretty focused. So that was that was the beginning of it all, which is a, a, a little while ago now. Yeah, wow. So that's the teaching side of things. Yep. In terms of karate, you're a fifth Dan, is that correct? Yes, yes. What's well done, a fifth Fiona. Dan? You've, done, you've done your homework. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well, do you expect anything else from me? <laughs> Exactly right. Exactly right. But can you tell us what a fifth Dan is? Because I'm not 100% sure. Yep. So what happens is once you go through all of your grades, so you go through all the coloured belts that get you up to a level, um, Mm -hmm. you get your black belt. And so that usually takes in most styles maybe six years. And so once you get your black belts, you have, they're they're basically um, extra black belts. So Mm -hmm. if you want to grade again, once you've got your black belt, you might wait, I think ours is like two or three years to be able to grade again. And they're, they're called Dan grading. So your black belt gradings are basically Dan grading. So, and they become a little bit more technical, a little bit about what you're giving back to the club, a little bit more about the coaching aspect as well. So yeah, they're, they're basically, uh, they're black belt grades. So Dan grades are basically black belt grades. So it goes up to 10, but there's not a whole lot of people that uh, that get there. But it's funny once you get to once you get to that level, it's not really about you know early days. You want to you want to achieve and you want to get your next belt. Uh, it's, it, you work out pretty soon that it's it's not the book be all and end all. And in fact, even now, I'll do things with you know guest instructors that come out and think, my goodness, I need to I need to give my black belt back. <laughs> I need to put on because you're always learning. I got to my black belt and thought, geez, there is so that was the one thing I just remember thinking. You just think about more about what you're doing and how technical it is. So. Yeah, the Dan gradings are basically just black belts. Yeah. The more black belts, yeah, yeah. The more Dan's you get. Yeah, cool. Yep. That's awesome. So you've got five out of ten. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't sort of stick it at that long. So, you know, most people that will sort of get to their black belt and have a play, I just, I, I was, I'm passionate about it. So that became a big part of my life. I had my own club for a while. But then kids come along and that, that's really hard to try to juggle all of that stuff, children and a wife and a life. So, and I was training pretty hard at the time too, but I love it. I love it. I've been doing it now for about 35 years. So 
Wow, that's incredible. And you're like, you're pretty good at it. I know you took, was it year nine self-defense for me? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I forgot you were in there. That yeah, is you told me you told me that my best self-defense was to run away. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's my best self-defense. The problem is I'm getting slower nowadays. So I, you know, I'm still passionate about that. When I first started, when I first started that school and we're trying to get kids engaged mm-hmm. in activity, a lot of the times it's probably relevant to the podcast, which is great. It's that that mainstream sport is not for a lot of kids where they go, oh, soccer for the you know, the fifth week in a row. And so we were looking at other avenues like more your OLAT. So the, the camping, um, snorkeling, surfing, we had some different sort of things for the kids to choose. And we had probably maybe 10 kids in the first class that I ran. And literally now the classes are full. So I, I have 25 in all of the classes and I have four classes this semester. So that's 100 kids wow. and 100 kids that will pick it up next semester. And kids have missed out. So... They love the activity. And so with our gym down in what used to be the tennis centre is just, it's pumping every single mm. lunchtime. It's crazy. And it's just been able to, good to be able to use that as a vehicle too. And also just that, that's my passion. So I get to now teach that in the, in the school setting and it's a win-win. You know, that they need, some of those kids need uh, the activity and a little mm-hmm. bit of an hour and it's very cathartic, good sort of a brain break from school. And, uh, and also some life lessons too. Like, you know, people, especially teens, have sometimes a, a warped sense about uh, security and, um, you know, the world. So it's good to be able to impart some knowledge. So often it's the, it's the messages that come along with the activities, not just the activities themselves that you sort of get to, get to impart. So, yeah, we still run that self-defence class and it's great. And mm-hmm. I think our, especially our cohort of kids down on the Mornington Peninsula, they're just sports a massive part of people's lives. For those kids that don't necessarily want to do cricket or netball or football, it just mm-hmm. gives them a, another avenue. So I get a, a wide range of kids. And we used to have obviously a lot more boys. Now I, I get more girls in my classes than I do guys. So it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I think it was one of my favourite elective classes, like out of year 12. It was definitely one of my favourites. Yeah, uh, beautiful. <laughs> Even though I did, I got dropped almost every session. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still fun now. The kids still love it. Yeah, got we have to worry about safety and of course all of those things. And it's a little bit hard now with the the whole COVID scenario. And it's not something that really works online. So you know, usually it's just some exercise routines that we run. But the the kids miss it. Like they come back and I think school gets a bit serious after year nine too. So mm-hmm. people usually look at it with fond memories because after that it gets pretty serious and it's sacks and it's exams and it's assignments and it's work. So people think, oh, that was, you know, it's a bit of rose-coloured glasses because I just know that after that it gets pretty solid. As you well know, year 12 yes. is a torrid time for everyone. <laughs> yes. So you've mentioned the dance and some of the moments in your early early teens that you decided that what you wanted to do is there any other significant milestone in your sporting journey yeah well they probably so I remember winning like a grand final even though you say you know the domestic domestically 
it was it was the greatest thing ever. I remember someone saying, in fact, it was our, our coach saying that this might not ever happen again. Like my under 16 grand final, I still remember it to this day. Never played another one. Never, ever. And so you sort of take it for granted that, you know, as a kid, so, mm-hmm. you know, embracing that at the time. And I thought, oh, I think he's just, he's, he's winding this up a little bit. Sure enough, he was correct. But certainly uh, I, I won some state titles back in the day for karate, a lot of domestic competition. So I used to train pretty hard. Getting on the state team for the first time was just awesome because I, I, I remember finding um, this instructor, Sensei Bruce Holland, who's still in Seaford. He was in a different part of Seaford back in the day and uh, thinking this is like the the people he was training were just all respectful, really polite. They were brute, like lethal. But I, I just, I, I love that environment. And he was, he was at the time, the, the, one of the state coaches. So uh, he ended up becoming sort of the head state coach. So I had a lot of coaches underneath, but I thought this is me. And early, early days when I started, I thought this, because I'd, I'd already done it for a few years because it was down the end of the street. I wanted to be like Bruce Lee and Karate Kid. And I thought this time around, I'm going to give it a crack. And I thought I, I want to get on the state team. I want to win a title. That was, that was my whole thing. And that was my focus. And so I, tr- I trained my bum off. And it was sort of one of the things that I thought, I watched people come up. You know, it's, it's hard work. If you just, I watched these people train and train and some of them not flash that just end up being just brilliant, just through following the process and just keeping up the work, keeping up the work, keeping up the work. So that was good. And then it became opening my own club. That was all, all awesome. So, but it is, it's all consuming. And I think, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time, depending on the sport, you know, some sports you have a bigger window. So for our sport, it's not so much, you've got a smaller window, like for swimmers, for example, you know, mm-hmm. by the time you're, you know, you're 24, 25, it's like young, you, you're just, you're one of the oldies. So for ours, it's a little bit different, but I think you just can't keep up that intensity, or, you know, all of the time. And then you, whether it's the odd injury or being able to stay focused for that long. So I thought, oh, geez, I could still mix it up. I was going to compete a few years ago. And I, th- I thought, oh, I can still mix it. I've mm-hmm. still got the skills. I still train. But just that that commitment and, and the, what it takes to, to stay at that level is just really really hard I sort of gave that away and now my enjoyment comes from helping other people so whether that's coaching um so I was helping out with the state team one of the state coaches um whether that's school my passion now is is helping others to achieve their their goals and their aims and that's that's awesome for me I didn't think some I don't know whether you sometimes you can get a little bit selfish when it's your own sport and a little bit focused and I thought I, I love teaching and I love people, but it's become a real passion. So when I see our kids doing well or our competitors doing well, it's like it's awesome. Or I see kids at school do well. So if you're getting a 40 for sport and rec, I'm punching the air like I'm <laughs> going off. Or it could be that you've you've managed to pass and you're scraping the barrel like last year was so tough. And have some of the kids still get through and be disappointed with the result, but go, you know what? there was such a bigger picture there that's my passion nowadays is just helping others but it was good while it lasted and I trained pretty hard for maybe five years like at that at that competitive level people will start in karate for example quite early Mm -hmm. and they'll finish quite early and then you know by the time they sort of get to 16 17 18 it's just hard to keep up that commitment and you'll see that in a lot of seating swimming you're seating I was a lot uh, around basketball with our own kids a lot and I thought, oh, these kids are awesome. How could they stop? They are like, they could be playing in the NBA 
sure enough, that scale, it's just it just all becomes too much and it's very hard to keep that level. So, yeah, I have different passions nowadays and that's helping other people. The impact you've made, like how many hundreds of kids cross your path every year? Oh, and you know what? I just, that's now when I go, so I'm actually teaching a sport rec with a guy who went overseas and come back. He was like an ex-student. I've just had a student come back. I won't mention names because he might go, why mention, but who's now teaching with us. Yeah, um, I, I know who you're talking about. He was in my year level. There you go. Absolute gun. And so actually having the chat, I remember him sending me a message once saying, you know, that a, a really beautiful message. He just made made an impact. And, you know, if I could, I, I was just, I was surprised because usually like you don't, you don't expect that from kids. And so some will say, yep, great job. Thanks. High five. And you go, great. It's not what you do it for, but every now and again, someone will go, you know, you, you just, you made a difference. And yeah. so I'm teaching now with kids. The good thing is that um, at our school, we've got a bunch of kids now that uh, that actually ended up going to that school. And yeah, I don't know, every now and again, just something resonates and you go, oh, I had a, a girl last year who I taught who's into teaching, had to write about a uh, one of her, t- someone that had had an impact. In, I think it was in, it, in her life or a teacher that had an impact. Just wrote some beautiful stuff. I thought, oh, you, you forget sometimes that, you do have such an impact, whether that be coaching or, mm-hmm. or teaching, it's the same deal. Like you have, so I still remember my coaches from my teen years and, you know, having a, you know, staying at the coach's house, um, you know, having a pine on at the coaches just before a final and just going, I just still remember that so vividly. But I think sometimes when you're coaching and it's like you're, you're in it, it's hard to take that step back and just go, geez, you do make a difference. Yeah. Us as teachers, it's, uh, I mean, that's that's your whole. You you want to be able to make a difference. You want to be able to make those connections and build those relationships. But the same thing for coaches. You get coaches. You can say, oh, you know, I'm just I'm just doing an under fourteen basketball team. But uh, you know, that can for some of those kids, that's the greatest thing they do in their week. They just go, mm-hmm. you know, what? That's what we need. And that's why I think we we're talking earlier about that whole lockdown thing. It's not until something like that happens that you go, you don't realize how much you need with that contact and and people yeah i mentioned it before but personally like you there's probably two teachers throughout my school that made a big impact on me and you were certainly one of them and i don't know if it was because i had you for year seven sport all the way through and then had you again year 11 and 12 as well as the self-defense in the middle but yeah like you definitely made such an impact on my journey and I think he probably taught me that I could make a career out of sport rather than be an athlete as well. And that, yeah, that really helped and probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for you. I'd be out of the industry. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that. So I thought, you know what? I mean, you were, as, as I said, we, you, you were always driven and you're always going to be successful in whatever you did. So I'm always happy when someone, you know, picks a pathway to, that is somewhere in the industry. So you know, often we get kids that'll um, from sport record go into, you know, working in gyms or mm-hmm. sports admin or, you know, become a masseuse or whatever it may be. So it's always good when you can have a little, it could be that if that's your passion and you get to do something with that passion, that's a good thing. That's, yeah. that's good. I probably learned that a lot from you. And I definitely, I think it was probably like you mentioned before, the self-defense class showed me that you don't have to fit into the mainstream sport because I don't know if you remember back to when I was in year seven, but I didn't participate much. <laughs> yes, yes. 
You could swim well, but that doesn't help catching a ball. No, and even like into year 12, yeah, I really was not the best <laughs> until we did that yeah. water aerobic. Yes. I, it's funny, I still remember that and thought, oh, water aerobics, just like it's just, you know, old ladies with purple hair and just, I, I got buried in that very class. That was hard. Yeah. I forgot all about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Of course, because you've got gills. So it makes it easy when you have gills to do things in the water. That's it. That's where my element is. And anything on land, yeah. I sucked at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention how much of an impact you really have made on oh, me. And <laughs> even Thanks, the kids buddy. that then I impact, it's probably coming from you as well. Yeah, well, you'll notice the same thing in your own um, in your own teaching. And sometimes you go, you know, when you're teaching kids and just, please don't drown, please put that down, put your pants back on. <laughs> it's all consuming. You forget sometimes that you, you do have an impact on these kids. Like it's sometimes it's hard yards when you go, whether it's you going, I'm, I'm teaching my seventh class for the for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired because I've already been working with it. it. It gets hard, but you just you make an impact. Sometimes it's hard to just step back and go, you know what, I do have an impact. So something I tell my teachers is that it doesn't matter if it's your twentieth class for the week; it's their first class, and like oh, the that's looks that they, Fiona. yeah, yeah, the looks that those kids have when they see their teacher. Or the teacher doesn't get to see it, but if they're sick and they've got me, then the look of disappointment when they see me in the pool instead <laughs> of their teacher. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'm using it. That's good. And we always say that it's like we're going through some coaching stuff now with a year 12 as a coaching unit and you just that whole, you know, just being enthusiastic and if you're not feeling it, you still mm-hmm. have to have that drive because kids smell it. Like they just mm-hmm. know you can't walk into a class and just go, Okay, because they, they know. And the same as your kids know. You go, all well, the if your coaches aren't up and about or your teachers aren't up and about, it just they know. And for some of them it's it's like it's your it's your livelihood. If you're a coach and that's your job, mm-hmm. and it's not only just you know, it's a business as well. So you want to make sure that you've still got clients or still got members. So yeah, <laughs> that's very good, Fiona. Yeah, well, you taught me well. I think you're teaching me too. I actually wrote that one down now. I'll be using that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You better credit me for it. Tell you. Of course. Yes. Yes. Copyright. Kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying from one of our older students. That's what I'll be saying. One of our ex. One of our alumni students. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a deal. <laughs> and that's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two of this chat, where Nige tells us the benefits sport has had for him the lessons he's learnt along the way and where he sees the future of sport. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone that you think would also like it. If you want to find out more, you can find us at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart on both Facebook and Instagram. Until next time.